This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back along to the Betting Weekly Podcast, the English Premier League edition. It's a bonus episode because, of course, there is some midweek fixtures taking place over the next few days uh, and some fixtures that could have big implications on the Premier League table at both ends in terms of the European places and, of course, down at the bottom when it comes uh, to the relegation scrap as well. And alongside me, as always, to break it all down and to look at a total of five matches today. First up, Jack Wright. How are you, my friend? How was your weekend? Very well, thanks, mate. Yeah, no, another good weekend. Uh, some some good football to watch and uh, whilst having a beer or two with it as well. So uh, some not so good football to watch from my point of view, but there we go. We can't have everything. Let's focus on the positive. Absolutely. Also joining us, uh, Mr. Nigel Seeley. Um, he's been doing his rounds at the weekend. He's been at the Emirates. He's been at the boxing. Uh, he's been everywhere. Mr. Mr. Superstar Seeley, how's it going? Well, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that, mate. I um, yeah, had a good weekend. Went to Arsenal Leeds. Uh, good game, entertaining game. Uh, then I went to the boxing. And Joshua, less not so entertaining. Very very <laughs> disappointing. One of the worst fights I've ever seen. But sandwiched between that, we had the hundred one winner on the on the tennis as well. A bit of a win in the tennis, which was a, a very nice end to a, a great week in Miami. So, yeah, looking forward to this week. I, I haven't been really confident at the Premier League since. We, like the last few weeks. I'm not just saying that because the results haven't been that great, but I think they've been really, really tough. I think we've gone into a very, very strange period now because of, I think, teams tactically coming in it very differently from what we've seen in Premier League games before. I mean, Leeds, for example, the weekend, knowing had played Arsenal, but didn't play a striker. Went there to rest people ahead of two massive games this week. So it's a really, really difficult time now to second-guess what teams and tactics, how teams at the bottom are taking matches. You know, because... Usually at this time of the season, the Premier League, I think this is a good thing for Arsenal because usually at this time of the season, you'll have nine or seven or eight teams or nine teams that have got nothing to play for. You know you're going to pick up points. Whereas in, in the bottom race now, you, you're looking at teams who are going to sides at the top and the, in, in chasing for Europa League and they're not putting out a good team because they know the following week they've got teams in that relegation battle and the teams in the relegation battle and they're saving themselves for the big games. And that certainly looks the way. So, but this midweek, I think there's going to be some uh, some very interesting Premier League games. And I'm looking forward to more than I have done for uh, for a long time in the Premier League. Indeed, it does look like an interesting set of fixtures. No, there's no doubt about that. Let's um, start then with uh, Leicester City versus Aston Villa. Both of you have got a pick uh, from this game. It is worth uh, noting uh, before we dive into this one that Leicester City have sacked Brendan Rodgers over the weekend. Um, it was dressed up as a mutual termination of the contract. But let's be honest, the results have been appalling and Brendan Rodgers has gone. Uh, Aston Villa, by contrast to that, recently brought in a new manager in Unai Emery and he's doing very, very well. Um, Jack, always difficult though, isn't it, to, to understand 
how a team might turn up and how they might perform after they've just made a managerial change. So how much do you have to think about that when you're going into this type of pick and how much has it impacted your sort of mindset here? Yeah, I was, it was insane about it that obviously with with this, I, I'd kind of sat down with these midweek fixtures coming up kind of at the weekend just to have a look through, put my own prices together for them, put my own shortlist together for what I was looking for. And you know, then have a little bit of reaction to the fact of what's happened over the weekend. What you don't want to do is just have a knee-jerk reaction to the fact that if something happens that you then kind of completely scrap your thinking. But of course, a managerial change is, is one of the ones that you have to put a serious amount of kind of consideration into. I think for me with this one, um, again, we've, we've talked about it offline as far as, as that you just don't quite know what's going on behind the scenes. We can't be privy to that to work out is a manager absolutely hated in the dressing room. You kind of got the impression that he wasn't. Performances were kind of okay. They they did, uh, Leicester were sort of doing all right, weren't they? They had chances. They like went to Old Trafford and could have been two up there and, and ended up losing 3-0. So, it seemed that, you know, and, and likes of James Madison were coming out and saying the sort of right things. So it seemed like they were okay. They've got Adam Sadler, not Sandler, but Adam Sadler and um, Sandler might do a better job, but and Mike Stowell in charge for this one. So you would expect probably, because, you know, they've got no managing experience, you expect it's going to be probably a similar theme to what we've seen before. Obviously, that weekend was the nail in the coffin for, for um, Leicester and, and, and Brendan Rodgers and that partnership. Palace, again, we've talked about Palace a lot over the last few weeks and the fact that they weren't offering anything going forward. Well, lo and behold, along go Leicester and suddenly they turn into peak Barcelona, Real Madrid and and, uh, all over them. So 20 shots in the first half from Crystal Palace was an insane total. And you mentioned it a few weeks ago about um, Palace had gone three games without even a shot on target, which was a Premier League record. Well, um, they had nine in that one match against Leicester and uh, ended up with 31 shots in total. And Leicester had three, which shows you it wasn't even a, an end-to-end thriller. It was just a battering. And for Rodgers, I think, to come out after and say we were a bit unlucky, I don't know where he was going with that. So, yeah, no surprise that he's finally gone. I think also he would have gone to them and said, look, let's, make, let's cut a deal here because he's got an ego. He doesn't want to be a relegation on his on his CV. So... Not a massive surprise there, but yeah, lost nine of the 13 since the World Cup. They've conceded 24, they've conceded two plus in eight of those, lost six of the last seven in all competitions, including an FA Cup uh, tie to a lower league opponent. So no clean sheet in 13, which is where I'm going with this. So I'm personally taking Villa over one and a half total goals, team goals, at plus 150. Um, I say there was a few on the shortlist here. Villa winning was one, but I say there was that element of doubt as far as the managerial change. Just to put that in there, so certainly I think that you know defensively Villa and um, Leicester are so poor that Villa can take advantage of it. They obviously went to um, Sanford Bridge at the weekend and done for another manager, which we'll probably come on to later. Graham Potter. Um, that's their fourth win in five, so confidence is high with them, um, and they've scored in every single game since Emery took took the job, which you say alluded to that they've absolutely gone on an upward trajectory since he's been there. Um, they were three points off the drop zone when he took the job. They're now two points off the top six, which says it all. And I look back that he's been there for 15 league games and did the form check over the last 15 games in the Premier League and that fourth, only behind Arsenal, Man City and Newcastle. So I think the side they've got has a very, very good spine. In Martinez in goal, they've got a commanding presence, obviously a good communicator, a very confident character and a great shot stopper. He pulled off a few good saves 
against Chelsea. Um, good energy in the middle, Louise and, and McGinn, um, and some good creativity from set pieces. But Brendia Ramsey and Bailey behind Watkins up front, who's on fire. So another good finish from him. He's now scored seven in his last nine, or seven in seven of his last nine outings. So loads of goals in the side. And regardless of anything here, I'm going with Villa to score two or more goals at plus 150. Nice one. Uh, good stuff. Nigel, you've also got a pick in this game, so we'll stick to the theme of Leicester versus Aston Villa. Talk to us. Well, it's pretty similar to what Jack's saying there, but I was going to go for over two and a half goals in the game at minus 113. I'm not specifically going to say it's from one per side, but um, we do see a reaction from teams when they hate, they sack the manager. We saw Crystal Palace at the weekend, produce the, like Jack said, produce a brilliant performance. Now, they don't necessarily go on a win, but you usually do see uh, a, a, an opportunity because the players do uh, hold some kind of responsibility for that manager to leave. Maybe, maybe they've had a word with the chairman. Maybe they said, we can't work with him anymore. Maybe he's, they, well, he, he's stubborn in his tactics. But when you lose the dressing room, you ultimately lose your, your job. And that would appear to be happening what's happened at Leicester. So when a new man comes in, whoever it is, the players want to play for them because they want to get in, in the good books. And and it happens. They may not be able to sustain it, but you, I would expect Leicester to put in a, a much better performance than they did at the weekend. The one thing Leicester haven't struggled to do this season is score goals. They've struggled to keep them out. They've conceded 49 goals this season, but their 39 tally of goals scored uh, is, is the highest in the in the bottom half by some distance. And one of the top scorers in the Premier League, I think they're about sixth in the Premier League, the fourth highest on the road scorers. So that's not been a problem. And when you consider they're scoring the goals without Jamie Vardy, who's completely just lost <laughs> his legs overnight, you know, just suddenly England international one of the favourites to be the top Premier League goal scorer, and then lost the yard of pace and just can't get in the team. That shows you that they've got goals in this side. And the problem is conceding goals. And I think the big problem for Leicester this season, and I really do think it is a big problem, is, is the loss of Kasper Schmeichel. Kasper Schmeichel was huge for them. He, you know, and they've got Wards come in. He's a decent-ish player, a, man, a goalkeeper, but he's nowhere near in the level of Kasper Schmeichel. And I think the defence hasn't got the confidence in him and they haven't replaced a top-class goalkeeper. And I think that that has got to be, if they stay in the Premier League, they've got to get a, a good shot stopper and a good goalkeeper because I think that's a big problem for them. So when you've got a goalkeeper you don't have any confidence in, when you can score goals and when you've got a team in Villa who come here with Unai Emery who scored in it, every match he's managed, Villa has scored, you've got to expect goals. They met, obviously, in the reverse fixture, which was at Aston Villa, which was the only blip on Emery's sort of CV so far at Villa Park. And uh, Leicester won 4-2 in a real end-to-end match. I'm surprised that the goals are so low here. I, I think Leicester, other teams, I think, might be cautious in the relegation battle. I think other teams will think, you know, let's just try to get a nil-nil, try to get one. You see, like West Ham, for example, they've gone very, very backward step, trying not to concede and bore their way out of it. I don't think that's in Leicester's cap- in their makeup. I don't think they're capable of doing that. I think their attitude is, well, we can score three and they can score three. And let's hope that Villa can only score two. That's the way that they, they go about their game. They give up so many chances. They give up so many uh, opportunities, as we saw against a terrible Crystal Palace sides, to concede 31 shots and nine shots on target. is not good. And when you've got a Villa team flying and a, a striker in Watkins absolutely at the peak of his form, you would expect both teams to score here, which is relatively low compared to the total goal market. So I'm going to go for over two and a half goals, minus 113. Um, it's cashing in regularity through Leicester this season. Um, I don't see any change in their style with uh, Stadler and Stahl in charge. Sounds like a law firm, doesn't it? Stad- Stadler and Stahl. <laughs> Taken over, so um, yeah, I, I think uh, they'll get the. I think there'll be goals here. So I was looking for uh, both teams to score, yes, 
But I think the, the the margin, the difference between the two prices, I think over two and a half goals at minus 113 is probably the better play. Can you see um, Graham Potter turning up at Leicester as well, you think? Yes, yes, I can. I think I think he'll go there. I think the only way he don't go to Leicester is if um, West Ham get beat heavily by Newcastle and West Ham make the move and get rid of uh, Moyes and then there's a choice for Potter. But if West Ham keep grinding out one nil wins, they're, they're ludicrous to to get rid of him. But I think if West Ham do get rid of Moyes, which is which could happen, you know, if, if results don't go, it, the nature of this league is if results don't go for you, West Ham could find himself in the bottom three with eight games to go. And then I think they've got a decision to make. And um, I think Potter would, the option, I think Potter would take West Ham ahead of Leicester. I feel like Potter needs a bit of time to sort of regroup after this uh, this Chelsea debacle. I think Potter's lost his magic. Why? Maybe Why? I don't know. Why? He won't get a job again. He's got. He's got. He's got no. He, he, it's all well and good saying you're going to get out of time, but there's there might not be a decent Premier League job to come up for till. But if if you're Graham Potter, though, would you want to take any of those jobs when they're embroiled in a relegation? A hundred percent. As a club, I don't think I would hire Potter in that position. Why? I think he yeah. needs too long to get his philosophy across and get his style across. And I just, I, I don't see him as someone that will come and, as you said, tighten the team up and say, right, let's just do enough to get over the line. I, I'd worry about that. But... Rafa Benitez linked with Leicester today, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, Potter, Potter has to, his jaw, his, his CV now is the middle level of English Premier League football. And there's two very good jobs in the English level of Premier League football up for grabs now. So if he doesn't take one of those jobs, where is he going to be next? He could be at the top of a championship or he could be a team struggling with a newly promoted side or something like that. He's, I think he's, he, if he wants to get in football management, he's, he could have two jobs opportunities come very quickly. I think, he'll, I think he'll take the Leicester job and I think he'll hold out to West Ham. West Ham lose against Newcastle heavily and the crowd turn on David Moyes and they could do knowing that Potter's out there then I think you'll see him rock up at uh, the Olympic Stadium, the London Stadium. We'll be talking uh, West Ham, Newcastle in just a little bit. So uh, make sure you bear with us. But let's uh, turn our attentions to Chelsea versus Liverpool, Jack. Two sides who, it's safe to say, haven't had the seasons uh, they set out to have at the start. Chelsea, as we've mentioned, uh, just parted company with Graham Potter over the weekend. And Liverpool just look an absolute shadow of themselves. Big game for both of these sides, really, in order to try and make something of what remains of this season. Absolutely, yeah. This was another one I had earmarked at the uh, at the weekend point and another one where the manager's gone. So I'm like, do I stick or twist? And I'm going with it purely because I think, again, it seemed to be uh, with, with Chelsea, it was last person out of the Chelsea boot room was tossed the keys and said, well, you can hold the fort for the for the time being. And it's, it's food, um, fallen to Bruno Soltor, hasn't it? Who's got no management experience at all. And he's obviously got this game against Liverpool this week. He's then got Wolves at the weekend, possibly, if he's still there then. And then the small amount of Real Madrid in the Champions League. So, are Chelsea going to move that quick? They've obviously been linked with Nagelsmann, but he's on gardening leave. It'll cost them money, which I'm sure they aren't too worried about. But it'll be interesting to see which way Chelsea go with it as well. But, yeah, down in 11th place, 12 points off the top four, played a game more. That that looks like a, a dead end for them to try and get in in, in that route. Um, I think they were possibly unlucky to score, not to score, sorry, against um, uh, Villa at the weekend. You certainly points to the XG side of things, but the amount of shots that they had, the chance they had, goals disallowed. 
Um, and that's kind of the route that I'm taking here. You know, they did force Martinez into a few good saves um, and, and created those opportunities. And against the Liverpool side, that I watched the Manchester City game. And as you say, they were they were terrible. Uh, and when it was put to Jurgen Klopp at the pre-match, uh, and he said, depends what Liverpool turns up. Well, if he doesn't know, what hope the rest of us got. But it was sort of pretty much how we expected it. Salah obviously gave them the lead and you thought, is it going to be a going day for Liverpool? Are they going to cause an upset? You know, are they going to pull one out of the bag? But but they but they didn't. And uh, they got swept aside. And, and Klopp afterwards said it was lucky it was only four. So I had to agree with him. His analysis on it was that they were too open. Uh, they gave up too many chances, that they were too passive, too deep, and they sat off Man City, and they certainly did. So, look, it's, if they've got hopes and aspirations of getting into that top four, which I'm sure they have because they've got nothing else to go for, of course, then they're going to have to go for this and, and, and win. But I can see a similar pattern, this one being a very open affair because um, both sides have just got to go over to win. Simple as that. There's no, no, no benefit in a draw here for either side. Uh, and I just feel that Chelsea will have plenty of opportunities against this this Liverpool side that do just look ripe to, to go and attack. Um, looking at the Chelsea stats, I so said they had 27 shots at the weekend, so a very high amount. Havertz had four of them, and that's where I'm going with the bet. I'm taking Havertz over two and a half shots at plus 102 now, just look before we came on on uh, to record this. Um, has come in a bit from plus 160, but plus money for that still is a, is a big play. Um, he's had 20 shots in his last four games. Um, and that includes Dortmund, Leicester, Everton and Villa, um, five, five, six and four. So he's gone over four in all of those. Uh, and we only need him to get three or more in this one. He's linking up well with Jao Felix, who's, who's also firing in plenty of shots as well. Um, and as I said, I don't think too much is going to change, given that Bruno is Graham Potter's sort of right-hand man to come through with him at, uh, um, at Brighton through now in Chelsea. So you'd expect a similar setup, a similar style, a similar first 11 um, and uh, and away we go. And as I say, with Liverpool, one thing, you know, their away record is horrendous. They've uh, lost eight of 14 away games in the league this season. So despite Chelsea's poor form, look, they did win three on the spin prior to, um, you know, the draw against Everton and then the defeat of the weekend. So they're not in horrendous form they have got a little bit of form about them so and say now the the release of Potter finally going which was a we're waiting for that stay of execution to be, be done wasn't it so look Liverpool conceded 24 goals away from home this season only four sides conceded more so say Chelsea should be getting in around the box and having plenty of chances Havertz will be part of that those out there that don't want to go for a specific player, I wouldn't put you off the Chelsea over 13 half shots at minus 105. But the bet for me, Havertz over two and a half shots at plus 102. Nice one. Like the look of that. Uh, Nigel, let's come over to you, my friend. Uh, Leeds United taking on Nottingham Forest. Uh, a big game for both of these sides down at the bottom of the table. Um, how do you see this one going? It's a huge match and it's a huge three matches for Leeds United Football Club. Their next three games are all home. Not the Forest at home, Crystal Palace at home and Liverpool at home. And that will define their season. Um, I was quite impressed with Leeds, actually, to be fair. I didn't think they were that bad. I thought, uh, first half, I thought they were a better team against Arsenal. I thought Arsenal got a debatable penalty. And I, and I know he went down and it was, it was a debatable penalty. It, was, it wasn't the, the foul, it was the fact that the guy kicked him after that was the, that was the issue. Um, I, I thought they was against the runner play at the time. I thought Leeds were much better side. They created three or four chances. They had a great chance in the second half where they cut it back and the guy skied it right over the bar. Um, Arsenal were clinical 
in the first 10 minutes of the second half, put the game to bed. But if you actually broke down the match and looked at the big chances of the game, I thought Leeds was all right. I, I don't think Leeds would have... If they played like that, they'd have no problems of staying in the Premier League. And you've got to remember, they went to the team that were top of the Premier League title by eight points, the Premier League leaders and the Premier League favourites to win it. And they didn't play a striker. And they created a huge amount of chances. Um, I spoke to um, some people connected to Leeds. And my friend, obviously is very high up at Leeds and um, it, it was all about this match. This was this, this game and the Crystal Palace game was the key match for them. So that that's one of the, that's the reason why they didn't play Cooper. That's why the reason they didn't play Bamford. That's the reason why they didn't play Rodrigo. And um, all three of those will return in this match. And at home, Leeds aren't that bad. You know, they've got to make Ellen Road a fortress and they have done all right. They've only lost two of the last eight matches at Ellen Road. And that was against Manchester City and Manchester United. Um, they started to pick up what's and, and most importantly for Leeds is that they've started to score goals. I know they've they've scored five in their last three matches under the new manager. The big problem for them is they've conceded ten, which is which is a concern. But against the Nottingham Forest side, who've got that dreadful road record, I mean they've only scored four goals all season. They've only won one match in thirteen. Thirty-two conceded and four goals scored. Um, the chances are, if Leeds score which I, th- I fully expect them to do the way they play, the chances are they're going to win it because Forrest just do not score goals. Four goals on the road in the Premier League all season is, must be one of the lowest ever. So um, I think a very different Leeds side. And I th- I think Leeds will take a little bit of confidence from the from the performance of the weekend. I know they got heavily beaten. You, you look at the score chart, you're 4-1. But if you actually broke it down, I think they had two clear chances in the first half. They had a great chance just at the end. And Arsenal were just clinical and better in attacking areas. But Leeds... I don't, after everything's died down, I think they'll look at the positives from that and bring three big players back for a must-win match with a Leeds fan base behind them and the team that have the worst record in the Premier League. I can't believe there's money for Forrest. Forrest has started to be bet today quite heavily um, and Leeds are on the drift. Bet Rivers currently have um, Leeds at minus 124 and I think that's too big. And I, I, if the money continues for Forest and they go off at about minus 110, I think that's an absolute cracking bet. Um, I, thought, I strongly fancy the Leeds. Every team at this bottom need, needs to make their home form the thing that counts. And not the Forest are getting their home form absolute spots on. I know they drew it the weekend, but they haven't won in seven, not the Forest. Everyone's going on about how well they're doing, but they haven't won in seven. They sort of, everyone thought they were okay. Now they've been sucked right back into it. And I think a trip to Leeds now with goals in them, one team with goals, one team without goals. Um, I think Leeds are a good bet here. I like Leeds at minus 124. One of my most confident bets of, uh, well, it's my most confident bet out of all the three bets I'm talking about this week. Cool. I like it. I like it. Uh, Jack, let's come back to you, mate. Manchester United taking on Brentford. Uh, Manchester United suffered a disappointing result uh, yesterday. Now, you can go to Newcastle and get beaten. They're a very good side. But I think the performance for Manchester United was a real big worry. They were really... Uh, under uh, the levels that they've kind of shown so far or at various points this season. How do you see them getting on against the Brentford side that are punching above their weight, if we're being honest? Well, yeah, and they continue to do that, don't they, Brentford? All season, we've talked about it much of the season, how undervalued they are. The prices don't reflect how they've been performing. And that's the case here. And that's the the sole reason, really, I'm I'm playing this bet. I'm, I'm actually taking Brentford on a plus handicap, plus one. Uh, we'll get a minus 118. Uh, I, I looked at the prices and again, uh, at the weekend, it was it was there on the shortlist. Um, but it was the, certainly that performance against Newcastle was a was a key factor as well for, for actually kind of locking this one in. 
to, to, to get Brentford at just over four dollars plus four twenty, they shouldn't be that price uh, given how they're performing and how they performed consistently over the last well since the turn of the year since coming back from the World Cup. Um, they've been one of the most consistent sides, and we've talked about it before. If it was a different name rather than Brentford, we, we wouldn't be seeing these kind of prices. And I thought, I don't necessarily want to take Brentford to win at Old Trafford. Um, uh, even looking at a you know possibility of a tie no bet, something like that. But to get Brentford, the only way we lose this bet is if Brentford lose by two or more goals. Um, that's not something they've done since October, uh, which is an incredible record. That's 18 games in total. Um, and you've got to look that they've been to Manchester City since that point of time and they've won outright win. They went to Arsenal uh, and we know how Arsenal are playing and have been playing for such a long time throughout the season. That was 1-1. So that this bet would have won comfortably there as well. Um, and and they just can, can, can keep doing it. And, and what I've liked about them and someone I heard about them a few weeks ago and is kind of resonated with me and I couldn't agree more is that they go with respect of an opponent, but they don't fear an opponent. And you see that how they play. They obviously turn United over at the start of the season. Aggressive, got in their faces. Yes, it was at home and they beat them 4-0. And it was early in Ten Hag's reign. And, and Ten Hag has massively improved Everton. Um, Man United since then. Um, what, I, what I'd say is that since the cup final, I've not been overly convinced by by United. And, and you mentioned it there. At the weekend, they were out for, out battled. Not necessarily like say went there and and got blown away. It was just the, the the matter of their performance and how they performed as well. Um, but say since the since that cup win, it feels like they got a bit of a monkey off the back and they've relaxed a little bit. And there's a lot of these players that were there under Solskjaer, there under Ranjek that didn't really put it in. And just wonder if they have got a little bit into the in the comfort zone a little bit. Casemiro is obviously still out suspended. And I think that is a massive, massive miss in the middle. A lot was made of McTominay and, and Fred being that midfield duo and, and kind of mocked a fair bit about it. Well, they're back in tandem, obviously, at the moment because they have to be. Uh, and United fans obviously aren't, aren't happy with that. Look, you know, they deservedly lost to Newcastle. They were losing to, to Fulham last time out at Old Trafford in the FA Cup until that exploded, obviously, with Willian and, and Mitrovic getting sent off. Um, nil-nil with Southampton when Casemiro was sent off. So, yeah, with 10 men with a lot of time, but like it was against the side that are rock bottom of the league. Obviously lost 7-0 to Liverpool in that process as well. Leicester, were well mentioned, already causing problems at Old Trafford. So, um, there's no win or, or even so much as a goal in their last three Premier League outings. Um, and so, what uh, Luke Shaw said after the game in that they wanted them more, um, Newcastle wanted it more, was that key key factor. Because, as you said, as we've said before, one side that you know will be up for it and will be aggressive and will be in your face wherever they go, but especially against those bigger teams, to prove a point is Brentford. So for me, I'm taking the chance on it. As I say, it's not my strongest one of the three, but at the prices, I just felt it was too big and too big an opportunity for me to turn down. So I'm taking it on Brentford plus one at minus 118. Nice. Um, Nigel, let's come to you then uh, for the final game that we're looking at today. West Ham, uh, United, they take on Newcastle United, one team looking to uh, finish in the top four and one uh, fighting for their lives at the moment. Yeah, I think this is um, quite a difficult match to have an opinion on on the, on the outright winner. I think West Ham, again, I've spoken about teams in the bottom of the table needing to get their home form solid. West Ham are unbeaten in seven. They're unbeaten this year at home, uh, which is when you consider the pressure that 
David Moyes is under, so it's gone under the radar a little bit. Uh, it's their road form that's been really poor. So you have to make your home. You have to make your home a real fortress. It's the most important thing to stay in the Premier League. We saw Everton over the years making Goodison Park real, real tough place to go, and that's where I think Leeds, West Ham, going to come into it. Um, Newcastle are coming in, obviously on the on a massive win against Manchester United, and obviously looking to get in the Champions League. And it's a, every game now is a, a massive match for them as well, and a cup final for them as well. And um, I look at this match here and they match up very, very m- much on the goals market. And the goals here is where I, I, I'm i heading. Um, I like the unders. I think under two and a half goals here at minus two and a half is definitely a bet. West Ham on the Moyes in these kind of big matches set themselves out not to get beat. That's always been his philosophy. That's what he did at Everton. That's what he did at Manchester United. It got him criticised at Manchester United with his tactics. He took over Manchester United. He took them away to... Uh, his former club Everton, and he set them out not to get beat, and that's what he did. That's what he didn't. That's what he does. He's he's very effective in the, his approach. He doesn't get hammered a lot, but he doesn't he doesn't usually get beat by many either. And I think that West Ham have got a the, the home of beautiful football, as they sort of call themselves, and and the the purest football. Is the question is have you, if they go too open and go out and they can get relegated. So they've got to grind out results, and that's the only way they can do it. And um, I think this will be a grind. I think Newcastle, obviously, with what they've got to go for with the top four position, West Ham with their problems at the bottom, I think they'll cancel each other out. I've got a feeling this could end up to a real boring nil-nil draw. I think under the under two and a half goal, I don't see goals at all. I think under one and a half represents value and a bit of pizza money on nil-nil here. Uh, if you look at West Ham's um, last seven matches at home in the Premier League, six of them have been under two and a half goals. They haven't lost in any of them. That's every game in 2023. And uh, for Newcastle on the road, six of their seven road matches have gone under two and a half goals. Um, it's the way these two sides are playing out now. They're playing out tight games, efficient, nick a point, try to get up and hope that other teams in or around them get beat. And I, I think if West Ham take a point here, it'll, it'll be a good point for them because Leeds or not in the Forest are going to drop points. Other teams in the relegation battles are playing each other as well. They're going to drop points. So a point now is not a bad uh, result in a match like this and for Newcastle they might consider the same I mean Manchester United have a tough game against Brentford and obviously Tottenham we don't know what they're going to do yet against Everton so with so much at stake I think the nature of this match isn't going to be of high quality uh, New West Ham at home do not create hardly anything they're, they're very tight and give much away either and Newcastle on the road can keep clean sheets Nick Pope was more clean sheets in the Newcastle goalkeeper than any other team in the Premier League this season alongside Aaron Ramsdale at Arsenal. And um, I think this is another unders. So under two and a half goals for me, West Ham-Newcastle minus 125 in a crucial match and a massive match for both teams for very different reasons. It is indeed. Uh, right, let's summarise then the guys' picks. So uh, starting with the game between Leicester City and Aston Villa, uh, Jack has gone for over one and a half goals for Aston Villa at plus 150. Uh, Nigel has gone over two and a half goals in the game at minus 113. When it comes to Chelsea versus Liverpool, Jack's gone with Kai Havertz to have over two and a half shots. They don't have to be on target. They just have to be attempts at goal. And that will be settled using the Opta data. That's at plus 102. Uh, in the game between Leeds and Nottingham Forest, Nigel has gone for Leeds to beat Nottingham Forest. That's at minus 124. Manchester United take on Brentford and Jack has gone for Brentford plus one on the Asian handicap. That's at minus 118. 
And in the game between West Ham and Newcastle United, uh, Nigel has gone for under two and a half goals in that one at minus 125. Uh, make sure that you are following us on the Handicappers handle at Because We Win uh, to keep across all the content. Uh, make sure you're up to date with everything. Make sure you're subscribed to the Bet Rivers Network on YouTube and uh, in podcast format as well. Uh, leave us a review, leave us a like. You know the drill by now. And uh, we'll see you all very, very soon with more. Uh, Nigel, anything you want to add, mate, before uh, we say our goodbyes? No, no, it's a big week of tennis. Sean Calvert's in Marrakesh this week and the tennis. Um, we have uh, the US Masters golf starts this week, so check out the Bet Rivers website on that, as well as all stuff stateside. The, the college basketball's coming to its final as well. So March Madness is uh, finally over. And it's uh, so it's a big week of sport across all spectras. We've got it all covered on the Bet Rivers Network. I hope Sean Calvert's taking tips from uh, Nigel Seeley on these trips. Make sure he does them properly. Mate, he gets $1 buses. You've never seen me on a $1 bus. Never. Never. Nice one. Uh, Guys, thank you so much as always. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching as well. Uh, Subscribe, share. You know the drill by now. And we'll see you all a little bit later on in the week as we look ahead to another round of Premier League action. Get those bets on nice and early uh, because those games that we've talked about today are, of course, taking place over the next couple of days. Catch you all soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network. 